you've got all your measurements, your gravings, your testing, your care labels, um, your sample development, your negotiating of prices, your purchase orders. Uh, you've got, I mean, this is just the basics. You've got so much to think about. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips for making in the UK. So let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 115 of the Make It British podcast. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Lucy Blackley, who founded the company Bombix PLM. Now, if you're not used to the acronym PLM, it stands for Product Lifecycle Management, which is a posh term for saying monitoring your product's development from design through to manufacturing and delivery. Most of the PLM systems out there are run by big organisations and they're intended for other big organisations to use. Whereas Lucy's system is a bit of a disruptor to the market. She set it up specifically for smaller businesses to use. So if you're wondering why you might actually need such a PLM system, I will let Lucy explain about how useful it is if you're manufacturing your product in the UK and you want to make sure that everything happens on time and just how you want it. So enjoy this interview with Lucy and I will put links in the show notes at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 115 where you can find Lucy and Bombix PLM and try out her system for free. Hello, Lucy. Thank you very much for joining me on the Make It British podcast today. Oh, thanks very much, Kate. I've really looked forward to this. I've been, I've been wanting to do this for so long, actually. So it's quite, um, it's just a coincidence that it all happened, obviously, around, around this time. But I guess everything happens for a reason, right? Exactly. Because you were supposed to be on the, fa- the Future Fashion Factory panel at our event, weren't you? Which would have been, um, would have been fantastic if that had gone ahead. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, unfortunately, I mean, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's unfortunate. But do you know what? Like being a, an advocate of technology and stuff with the virtual show that's going to come along, I think that it could be a testing of what's going to happen, you know, in the future. So it could yeah. be, you know, everything's going to be shaped around what's going on now. And, you know, we just have to go from there and see how it pans out. But I'm... I, mean, I guess we have to be, as business owners, we have to be optimistic because there's a lot of people that are, you know, depending on our businesses to run and stuff. So, Yeah, exactly. And I agree. I think everything happens for a reason. And the fact that so many people are going to be used to doing things virtually and remotely because of what's going on with the coronavirus it will actually change everyone's thinking a lot towards technology going forward and that sometimes it can be a really good thing. And I also hope that our virtual show will actually have a lot more attendees at it than a live event would because so many people can come that otherwise wouldn't have made it. 
So. I Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, because there are like, you know, sometimes people have got those really important meetings that they can't miss. And they're like, oh, I can't go to the show because I've got to have this meeting. You know, it could be a sale. It could be a collaboration. It could be anything. So they might put themselves off it. But if they kind of see how strong the community is virtually, it might even make the next live show even bigger and even better than it already is. Yeah, exactly. I hope so. Um, brilliant. Okay, so do you want to tell everyone what Bombix PLM is and how what your background is and how you came about setting up the business? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so yeah. My, for if we didn't introduce ourselves properly, my name is Lucy Blackley, and I'm the founder and director of Bombix PLM. Now, PLM stands for Product Lifecycle Management, and uh, basically, it takes manufacturers and brands together collaboratively. Get your words out collaboratively (laughs) uh, through the process from concept of the product through to production and touches base on everything in between. It's basically a one stop shop to get your product live as quick as possible with as fewer errors as possible. And it basically has all the data there to kind of make you streamline your processes, basically. So when you've got, you know, you've got a a million SKUs or what feels like a million SKUs going on, you've got this one platform where you can kind of handle everything from it. You're not hopping from Excel to PDF to Word to email to any other platforms that you've got. You can do everything pretty much in one place. And that's why you were on the Future Fashion Factory panel talking about eliminating waste through design within the kind of fashion and textile supply chain because your system like you just said avoids people making too many errors and it's errors that mean people end up with products that they don't want they can't sell or they have to send back yeah i mean for me like i so i was i started off uh, i studied design for the first two and a half years and then i left design and went on to clothing engineering and um as i've worked my way up in my career I just thought, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I just thought, you know, um, there must be better ways to do these things. Like a lot of the systems that I was using, when they weren't made by product people, they were made by people in tech or people in finance that kind of, I don't know, <clears throat> maybe I'm wrong, but I, it seemed like there was a, they saw a gap in the market for kind of hopping on to something like this, but I don't think they had the true idea of how a product is developed and you know there are there are a few of us out there and more than a few of us um you know plm companies but um yeah so we're i guess we're all you know working uh to kind of improve the situation because people don't understand how complex uh fashion is really and how complex clothing manufacturing is yeah exactly and anything that can make that easier and i think that's a really good point you made about the fact that plm systems are often developed by technology companies and not people who are in the at the cold face of how supply chains work and, and have, are the users of the system themselves in the first place. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I've worked on a few systems in the past that were specifically for apparel and they just, they still didn't work how I would have expected them to. But I think what happens is people come into, um, they come into offices and they say, what do you want? And they get a hundred people's opinions. So there's multiple delete buttons everywhere. There's multiple of this and multiple of that because they've given everyone what they want, but they haven't stripped it back and said, actually, what we need to do now is change the way we're working to work better in the future. And they've just kind of given people the same ways of working. So actually, they're not speeding up the process because they're still looking at it from their own viewpoint. They haven't looked, you know, they haven't had any external viewpoints to come in and say, actually, this is a really time consuming way of doing things. 
So who are the ideal you who who would best benefit from using your system? Uh, so, I mean, we started up like my idea was to make something affordable because PLM and tech, I think technology in general can be quite expensive. Yeah. I, I wanted it to be inclusive to everyone uh, so that startups and SMEs could scale and streamline as quick as those larger corporations. So for me, I started with the idea of helping startups and SMEs. But weirdly enough, uh, these big companies have been contacting <laughs> us left, right and center. But it's really good because they're seeing the benefits of being flexible like a startup or an SME because you know let's let's be honest startups and SMEs can move much quicker on stuff because they they don't have as many processes blocking them that's so true yeah exactly so when you say startup would you advise someone buys into this system right from the start so if they're starting a brand and they've never worked with manufacturers before or maybe even never worked in the fashion textile industry how would Um, this benefit them Yeah, I think, um, I mean, startups definitely can benefit from it. It depends how proactive you are to really kind of scaling your business. You know, some people will just have a couple of products and they will kind of maintain that, that, you know, number of products. But for those people that really want to scale and collaborate and get make things moving quickly, I definitely recommend it. I mean, I'm you know, I'm a. I was obsessed with processes through my whole career, so this is so kind am of I. yeah, <laughs> completely. So, yeah, so it's, it, it made sense for me to kind of hop into this, and um, you know, as a I have had startups myself, which we've kind of you know I've moved on from and kind of concentrate on on Bombix, and you know, I I developed all my own products with Bombix, and just so it move, makes things move quicker because what you've got is. You upload your design. Yeah, you've, you've got all your bill of materials. They need approving, but you know, not just the approving, uh, you know, once, but you've got the color and the quality. And if it's multiple colors, you've got all of them to deal with. You've got all your measurements, your gradings, your testing, your care labels, um, your sample development, your negotiating of prices, your purchase orders. Uh, you've got, I mean, this is just the basics. You've got so much to think about. But what I wanted to do was to give people almost a digital assistance. Because I know that some people fear technology. Yeah. And they, they, they're like, oh, it, it's going to take our jobs away. But it was never the idea to take people's jobs away because I, you know, I love being around an industry like, you know, a kind of multicultural industry where we're all learning from each other. I think it's part of what makes our industry so beautiful is actually the, the people and the communication. So it was never the point to take away from that. But actually, we're, we're so passionate about what we do is that we we are overworked. We work into the you know long hours of the night to get product out. But a lot of people, if they're being if they're an employee, they're getting paid only for the time that they're contracted to. So I wanted to kind of create almost a digital assistance uh, assistant to assist people with their administration and kind of you know create formulas and automatic uh, processes that can kind of communicate with the suppliers on their behalf and stuff so that people just don't have to do all this kind of back and forth and contacting you know the system can kind of record these things and people can keep on top of things yeah because I remember when I was at it was probably my when I was at Marks and Spencer so when did I start there god 20 years ago now um everything was either on bits of paper or it was on different systems and then all the suppliers had to learn all the different systems so if this is all in one place what does that mean for the suppliers and the manufacturers at you know the other end of the 
Well, the, the, the flip of the, the, you know, you've got someone buys into this, it would be the designer or the brand, would it, or the retailer? It really does depend because what, what we have is you can have the buyers and the brands, um, you know, the like, let's say like, like M&S, um, you know, these types of brands, they would normally purchase the system and then onboard their suppliers. Mm-hmm. But on the other, on the flip side, you have manufacturers which kind of create, do a lot of like, you know, when, um, so the buyers will buy off them, they'll create the collections and they will kind of showcase them to the buyers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So sometimes on the flip side, it's good for the manufacturers to ha- actually have their own kind of login and account where they're managing the items because, you know, it, it depends really ha- how your company works and stuff. But we're constantly developing it to kind of make it easier for people to kind of snap data together, to collaborate, to communicate. And, you know, even like, you know, as, as unfortunate as this event is with like the coronavirus and stuff, we're constantly thinking now it's, it's kind of opened our eyes a little bit to how can we further improve yeah. our products. That's what I'm thinking because people are obviously going to have trouble getting to factories um, for the next foreseeable future at the moment. And I'm always for one saying you've got to get to a factory. You have to get there and, you know, meet the manufacturer and see it face to face. Now, is this as this is a tool for communicating with your suppliers, could it then be taken one step further so you could also integrate this kind of video conversation as well with the manufacturer so you can have everything included within the whole the whole factory visit virtually this is do you know what like this wasn't even on the plan originally but literally this morning before even we had our phone call um I was thinking of that you know how can I how can I integrate this even further so yeah it's it's definitely been added to the list I mean I have a meeting every uh, sometimes sometimes it's every day but every every couple of days with my development team my tech team to kind of add these things to the list and scope them and see when we can drop these features in. So it's definitely on the list there now. And it's definitely making me look at other ways of, um, you know, kind of handling what's going on now. Because although, you know, once it's kind of died down and things hopefully start to get back to normal, hopefully we won't have another one of these because we would have (laughs) learned from it. But, you know, you you still think in the... I'm trying to think now with, with the software... Um, web-based software um, but you know how can we absolutely secure anything in the future to kind of keep business as normal as much as possible especially for small brands and manufacturers because that's I've had sleepless nights recently over it like how do we kind of support our community to kind of mm. give, you know you know to help them along because there's going to be so many people having these sleepless nights now yeah and, exactly you know, it is scary yeah, and I've spoken to manufacturers who, you know, do they close their factories down because they've lost those orders from the big companies? Um, or how do they keep going? How do they keep communicating? And you're, what you've developed here is a communication tool, isn't it, between the brand and their suppliers and also something that keeps all of that communication in one place rather than, I presume, rather than emails flying around. Is that correct? Is that yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, each product has its own forum where people can communicate and they can also filter it so they can see exactly what the conversation was about. So let's say it's about, I, do you know what? When I was in the industry, in the in the fashion industry, I'd sometimes I'd have so many lab dips and, uh, yeah. st- and strike-offs and knit-downs 
all from one supplier that I'd just send out one email and say approved, approved, rejected, approved. And then yeah. I'd, I'd never find that email again. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. So I remember I, that. Yeah. So um, I, do you know what? Like, it's funny because you think it's just you at the time, but every time I say that, you someone resonates with it so deeply. <laughs> but, you know, and it was that kind of thing. So I thought, okay, um, when I'm talking about a fabric, I can, I can actually target the fabric here or something else to kind of, so when people are looking for it again, they can see it exactly. And, you know, the whole system records the history of the products, so who's deleted stuff, who's updated things, who's edited things. So there's constant transparency. And I'm not saying that we have everything, you know, because we do uh, upload documentation like PDFs and sometimes Excel sheets and stuff because the industry, you know, we need to move, we need to be ahead of the industry to kind of show them innovation, but we also need to go with them at the same time and give yeah. them those gentle steps into innovation. And then over mm. time, you know, streamline that even further and work with them on this whole digital transformation journey, because it is a journey. And I, I do hate that word journey. Um, you know, it's, I think it's overused, but it's, it's so true that, but we have to enjoy the digital transformation. I think some brands think that they're going to log on and it's going to, you know, be perfect. Uh, in which you know in comparison to what they've been doing it's it's a vast improvement but what they're not realizing at the beginning you know we've got to get all the product on there and we've got to kind of tease it out and find ways of working in the future that are making it easier for them so stopping people working in their way not necessarily their way because we've developed the system to adapt to different personalities and ways of working but you know just have people have an open mind to say okay actually this is technology this is the future do I need to adapt my processes and my ways of working yeah. to make this an even more successful implementation one of the the one of the biggest sticking points would you say between manufacturers and the um, the brands and the designers that place their orders with them is decisions not being made on time, which then have a knock-on effect on production planning for the manufacturers. How can this help that? Uh, so what we have is, um, so in the system, what you can do is you can set up uh, days that things need to be approved by. So your bill of materials, uh, you know, they could be, you can either record it to be so many days before the approval date, the seal by date, or it can be so many days before the uh, cargo ready date, X factor date, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, and then the system notifies them of reminders, you know, this is so many days away. This is so many days away. You need to do this. And it pushes people to do the right thing. And then also when it gets to production, we have this production line overview where it shows preparation, the, uh, you know, the planned start date and the actual start date and finish date. And it goes from preparation through to manufacturing, through to finishing. And it keeps people on top and people can, can communicate. So let's say that there's a delay in the printing. They can say, you know, this will be, uh, it, you know, it's delayed, but we will catch up or we won't catch up. We need an extra day or something and it allows people to work smarter they can see all their orders in one place yeah. and they can, they can you know maybe they look and they go actually can we have you know can we have 500 pieces of that earlier or later or if it's absolutely crucial to get it in in store you know if it can wait a day or a week or whatever then you know be kind to the environment and let it you know let one shipping be be enough but, um, you know, with, with all these things in place, it helps people keep on top of dates. I, I guess it kind of adds 
adds a little bit of pressure to management because they can see all the dates in front of them. Whereas before, they weren't usually CC'd in emails and stuff, so they can't see all the dates floating around. And they have, you know, they might have access to an Excel spreadsheet. Maybe it gets updated, maybe it doesn't. Who knows, depending on company. Yeah. So, but now if they're attaching to the system, they can see everything before them and it, it pushes them to make decisions more because, you know, some things like, you know, you've got those people that are working under managers that are, they're trying to get things through, but they're, you know, sometimes the manager can't see the full picture because they've got bigger responsibilities on, on other sides of the business. So yeah. it just brings everyone into one viewpoint so that they can see and make, uh, you know, proactive decisions on what needs to happen and what we need to get through to make sure that things are on time. It definitely brings things to closer to the delivery day. It's just, it's all about people and their attitude and their mindset as to how they want to, um, you know, use these systems because the system is only as good as the, the team that the are using input. it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so true. Yeah. So if you're not looking at those notifications and keeping up with it and everyone keeping it updated, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that learning curve for people to making sure they do that. And actually the fact that it isn't all, all in one system is a good thing because it's then you have less things to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, you know, we've had, um, you know, you sometimes you have logistics, uh, warehousing, softwares and stuff that people want to connect to. And we have uh, APIs, uh, you know, we have uh, ways of connecting those systems so that one machine talks to the other. So that you're not having to put in two bits of information and stuff. So there's, you know, for people that do want to use multiple systems because they're not used to working in one, I'm not saying that a PLM has it all and you will need other systems, you know, maybe in a couple of years time, once we've finished it, we will have, you know, completely end to end beyond product lifecycle management uh, and product development. But you know, there are ways of connecting systems to each other to talk to each other if people aren't so tech savvy and they don't know about this, but systems can talk to each other to reduce you from doing duplicate workloads. Mm. One other thing I'm wondering as I'm kind of, as you're talking to me about this is about the, with manufacturers, it's that lack of commitment and having those empty, empty spots in their production planning because people haven't made decisions or whatever. And actually people not understanding, not having a transparent enough view on what a manufacturer's production line actually looks like. So can this kind of cover that for uh, manufacturers? Yes. I mean, it depends on, obviously, because uh, brands' products are private to that brand and their supplier. Yeah. So they, they can't see other people's production lines and stuff. But what we're doing is, you know, they can see their own production lines and how much is going through and how many numbers, et cetera, you know, what's been approved through the purchase order and stuff. So they can see how much is going through and they can see all the dates correlating. So they can try and get a bigger understanding of, okay, if this doesn't go through today, that other product has to go on the line. So yeah. I need to get that through. So it definitely will kind of push people to kind of be more proactive with decisions because I do feel, you know, working on brands before, it is frustrating sometimes for the brand, you know, with the manufacturer being late, but equally for the manufacturer when brands aren't approving on time, you know, it goes both ways and people, you know, if people can't, you know, if they have something in front of them that's got the same information as opposed to separate that's documentation, they can uh, they can kind of work better together, and then you know maybe in the future we can look at uh, importing you know basic information about when the line is booked so that they know that they have to get it in on that day, or it's not going to happen. That's what I'm thinking. Actual transparency on showing the manufacturers 
production planning. So it's not just about filling their slot with their products, but actually they can see how far ahead a manufacturer's booked. Because quite a lot of the time people say to me, you know, I've reached out to this UK manufacturer and they're completely booked up for six months and they can't understand why. And actually, even if you didn't know the names or what they were making, you could actually see from a manufacturer where they've got those empty slots and, and plan accordingly. Yeah, it, like, it just would help everyone, wouldn't it? Yeah, how many how many lines are manufacturing? Is there any other lines in the factory that are free, et cetera? Yeah, these are, these are great ideas and it's kind of... This kind of what we've built Bombix on is around the community. And, you know, these ideas, like we have like a priority listing of features that need to be developed. So um, the, the clients, I say clients, it sounds like a weird word because they, they really do feel like collaborators. Um, they come in and they say, it would be good if we could get this. And I go, great idea. Let's put it on the list and let's shuffle the priorities. Let's see how important mm. this is. So, you know, we are a community. And I think, you know, even though we're tech, um, I do want to keep that community very much alive, which is kind of why we started Bombix, to have a more human touch to technology, because it is important, you know, and, um, you know, get these things off the ground. So, you know, all these little things that we're talking about, the things that have been discussed before, because it's not new, it's not just between me and you thinking it, but it's a really common problem throughout the whole industry. Yeah, exactly. So how many people have you got using it at the moment? How many different companies have you got using it? Because I know you're at the very early stages. We're at the yeah, we are at the very early stages. Uh, so we've got, oh, on average, we've got about 15 brands and way more manufacturers uh, connecting to them now. And, you know, uh, we're just growing from that, really. Like, you know, we're, we're, I thought that we wasn't going to have some meetings this week in place, but we've had some, you know, um, to look at not just textiles, but other industries. Uh, so everyone's like, you know, there's been even construction industries looking at us to um to to see okay you're from that's a what i was thinking yes because my husband's an architect he's in the construction industry and he does everything on bits of paper still i think <laughs> yeah well, this is exactly like you know we're, but it's like every company that is working in their current way they're, they're, they some of them are looking out of their own industries at other industries to see whether they yeah. can apply that to how yeah. they're working so we have had interest from other industries which is crazy and i'm very flattered because it just shows our hard work is paying off you know we're a small team we're a small company uh, but we're doing what we can to kind of help the industry in a really honest uh, way you know making it affordable for people because these systems are expensive you know they can mm. be you know we it can be quadruple what what we're charging and you know we're just trying to we would want we just want the world to streamline and kind of work together because i think the future of work especially after you know what's going on now it is all about collaboration. The future yeah, of business definitely. is about collaboration. So, yeah. you know, I think years ago, you could have um, brands that thought they were experts in everything, but they weren't. Whereas nowadays, people are bringing in actual experts and collaborating. And I think these brands are stronger than those previous ones that may or may not be around today, you know? Mm. Exactly. Interesting. Wow. So can I have a little bit of a demo now? I can see that you've uh, you got this on the screen. I'm looking at it thinking, oh, while you're talking, thinking, oh, what is all that? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So let's start. So, you know, I've got, let me uh, I'll log out and you can see the front page. So you just basically log in like this. It's a web-based product. And mm -hmm. uh, so because it makes it easy when people are, you know, jet setting around the world, creating products and whatnot to kind of all just be able to log on and have everything there. So they have their own area. The, we call it a slug, uh, which is um, it's basically their name 
attack you know their, their own kind of portal for the, yeah, uh, yeah. For the system so what we have here is a dashboard i'll get back to that later because i want to show you the actual the main uh, areas before i come to that so it kind of all makes a bit more sense so what we have uh, down here are all your products and what you do is if i just go across this bar here you've got a completion indicator so you can see all color coded what things are whether they've been complete or not so that you know how far you are along the process of completing the product so if i go in i'll go into the product you upload your sketches your designs you know and you your communication you can type things you can you know annotate things etc uh, so you upload them and then you can mark it as complete and go to your next stage so you've got design details there and from design details you can move on to your bill of materials and in the bill of materials, you've got materials, artwork applications, trims, labels, and packaging. And, you know, in there, you create your product. And this is what I was speaking about earlier, where people can, you know, different personalities work in different ways. So someone that's efficient in one way, like ourselves that love a process, might not be, you know, it's not everyone. So you can either create products in the tech packs and later add them to the library if you're going to reuse them, or you can import the information from the libraries which you've already created. So um, brilliant. So if you're then um, repeating a design, but maybe changing just the fabric or something, or even if you're sending the same design to a different manufacturer, it's all there and it's exactly the same. You just duplicate, yeah, yeah, exactly. copy and paste. Yeah, you, you, you just click duplicate on the on the tech pack. It'll ask if you want to carry through the uh, approvals and rejections uh, of the qualities and the statuses, etc. And then if it's a new one, obviously you would click no. But if it's the same supplier and you're just changing up a few things, Things, but you can still keep the same fabrics and say yes and then all your approvals are there and you don't have to go through that whole process again um brilliant so yeah you create all your fabrics and all your trims everything so that they know exactly what to use what the materials are the compositions the weights the sizes etc and you go from there with that and then you move on to on to measurements do you do, can you put costings into here as well so that you can sort of work out agree the costings because i guess this works as a contract with the manufacturer doesn't it because it's all there in black and white can yeah. you do the same with things like contracts for prices and stuff like that yes you can so what we have is a, a section called negotiate price which um I'll, I'll skip to that now and then I'll move back to measurements. So uh, so negotiate prices, you've got your product, you've got all your bill of materials there, your measurements, your testing requirements, et cetera. So they can cost everything up. And in the next feature we're dropping in is a, uh, you know, price per product and stuff so that people have a full transparency on how much everything costs and stuff. Uh, and then from there we have negotiate price and you can, in, you know, let's say that you've got a product and you've got various suppliers bidding for it. Um, you can work with them on um, getting the right price um, or the right quality. Maybe you get a sample from both and one sample is of a higher quality than the other. And there's, you know, there's no reason to, to kind of negotiate anymore because you like the quality of that product. I'm not saying negotiate price is purely based on getting the cheapest price possible because yeah. I don't think that's always a good way to go you know agreed it, very much agreed on that one Lucy <laughs> buy, buy cheap buy twice so you oh, know that's my favorite phrase have you yeah. been listening to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> we all say the same things you know yeah, exactly. it's such a small world but um, yeah so it's not negotiate price you know you can bring people on to bid you might bring one supplier on you might bring two it's up to the brand and what they're wanting to get out of it but I do you know, I, I do push the idea that you shouldn't be always looking at price because quality 
rules over time. And also it's yeah. the environment. If you've got a high quality product, it lasts longer. People can use it for a lot longer. You know, this is this is also part of this uh, technology platform. And what we're working on is about sustainability and the environment. So I'm not promoting that anyone tries to rinse everyone of uh, getting the cheapest price possible because we are a collectively a community and an industry that depends on the business of each other. Yeah, that's so true. Exactly. So we've got Negotiate Price, you work with them. And from that, once you've approved it, you can click Create Purchase Order and it'll take all that information through to a template that you've created previously. And it'll put in all the items for you, prices, colorways, etc. And then you can just click Send. It sends to the manufacturer or the supplier uh, and they click Approve or Reject. If they click Approve, the order is raised and you can go from there. And if you need to change it in the future, you just click Revise and then the process will start over again in terms of, you know, uh, uh, getting the approval, etc. So that purchase order there as well, because it's been done like this and digitally approved by both parties, that works as that contract of what you've agreed on absolutely everything for that product, doesn't it? Completely, yeah. So you've got your, in each section, so in the purchase order, you've got a template. And in the template, you've got, um, you can basically, um, you know, add your terms and conditions, you know, your payment terms, all of that information into the template and drop that in. Obviously, you know, within this section, we're just currently working on uh, document uploads per supplier, which should be out very soon. And so basically you could put your own contracts between each other in there. And if there's any expiry dates and stuff, and if there's an expiry date, it'll log that and it'll notify you when that expiry date is due and whether you need to kind of re, uh, you know, re-sign contracts, et cetera. Brilliant. So the only thing you haven't got here is the kind of physical gold seal, like the actual garment itself or whatever the product is Yeah, uh, that so, you've agreed with the factory. Yeah. So obviously you would still continue sending your samples um, yeah. or we can, you know, as like we've spoken about API and, you know, I am an advocate of digital, but, you know, with small supplies, they can't always afford every single technology under the sun. So, but, you know, if you can, you know, look at ways of, um, going digital with 3D to reduce sample, um, you know, physical samples and waste, et cetera. But, you know, if you want to carry on with your samples, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because, you you know, at the end of the day, you still want a physical sample to, uh, to touch at the end to say, this is what I've approved and this is what I've signed off to make sure that everything's okay. So, yeah. So with the samples, you have your sample comments. So you're putting your sample comments. You can annotate some images. You can put in tables. Do what you want to notify your supplier or the supplier you know, of what's changing. Or maybe the supplier does more of the decision-making with the product than the brand and the brand just buy into it. So mm. whoever is making that decision goes onto the sample and then they kind of write their information. Then they'll go on to sample specifications. They'll have the requested measurement. And then what they put in is the actual measurement. So let's say the chest width was 56, coming out at 60. The system will automatically record that there's a discrepancy there. Now, if you want to keep the measurement as 56, just come and bring back to spec and go on as usual. If you want to revise it to 60, let's say that you like that measurement actually, put in the revised measurements to 60, click save, and that will take it through to your measurements. Um, and then from there, you've got sample images. So you can put in your front, back, and side view, and basically anything that, that you need to kind of show 
uh, any people within your team, you know, how it looks on a body. And then you go on to your next steps and you can request your next samples, your production, whatever. And one of my favorite bits is the missing components. There's so many times where you forget to approve something. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so it reminds people of what else, what hasn't Labels, been... buttons, yeah. artwork. Yeah, like you say, artwork for prints. Because I suppose as well, if you're doing something that's printed, for instance, this can also go to the people that are doing the printing. Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can onboard all your suppliers. So if you've got mm. if you've got label suppliers, and if you know four startups that are buying all the products in house and then submitting them to CMT units, and um, there's yes. also a component order section where you can you can keep track of all your purchase orders and um, you know your negotiations for uh, all your trims, your materials and stuff that you are then submitting to the CMT unit. So we do try and cover absolutely everything, and um, you know, so like this, we've got the missing components here we it just reminds people that not everything's been approved it just flags that kind of in your head because sometimes you've got so many orders to work with that you forget something and then you know maybe someone's missed some communication or seen like maybe you've approved the color but someone thinks that you've approved the whole thing and then you know before you get it you're like it comes in your production and it's like well actually this is wrong so what, what we're trying to do is create that awareness that you know you are so busy and we want the system to help you keep on top of absolutely everything. You made a really good point there about CMT because most UK clothing clothing manufacturers are still CMT and I think that's the way they're going to stay for a very long time. I mean, for those people that are listening in, CMT stands for cut, make and trim and it basically means that your garment factory will only do the cutting, making and sort of packing processes and you have to supply them all the individual components. Yeah. So like your buttons and your labels and trims. So your system, actually, now that I've seen it and how it works, is probably of much more benefit, like you say, for the smaller companies who are working with UK CMT manufacturers than probably some of the big head... I mean, some of the big head offices, I can see how it works well for them because they've got so many products, but equally just as valuable for those people working with local manufacturers that are CMT only. That's great for yeah, that. Yeah, com- completely. And, you know, like, as I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the future now with this uh, this pandemic uh, breakout, you know. Um, we, we don't know. It could change, you know. I'm thinking that we might have a lot of onshoring happening and industries reigniting. I think so, definitely. You know? <clears throat> and I hope so because it's good for the environment and it's good for for our economy and it's good to you know we were so good at it years ago so you know why not bring it back and actually create some jobs and bring some creativity back into you know our country um, yeah exactly and your your system facilitates that really well I mean you're you're well ahead of the curve on this and also because it's not a not a big scary PLM system that costs a fortune it's actually affordable for smaller brands and it should in the end save them time and money shouldn't it a lot completely uh you know because you know time is money and if you're if you're spending so much time doing all this stuff you you know you you are losing you are losing money at the same time and you know right now we've obviously what's happened what you know there are going to be there's going to be a lot of fear uh into what's happening with small businesses and i you know i saw a quote by uh Andy Grove, the uh, former CEO of Intel the other day, and he was saying, you know, bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them, but great companies are improved by them. That is so true. So true. And yeah, I think it's, I love that quote. Yeah, it's a fantastic quote. And do you know what? Like I saw it in, I work in a 
technology uh, technology community in Kingston upon Hull, and um, that you know we've got this fantastic building full of tech companies, and that was kind of sent out on our our, our communication system earlier this week, and it is so true, and I think. This could be a real advantage point for companies to innovate and, uh, you know, rework how they're going to approach things, use more collaborations and stuff. It could really be the making of some companies if they've got their, you know, their head screwed on and they they can go with it. It is scary. So I understand that a lot of people will be panicking, but try and brush that aside and and keep on, on the mind that, you know, if it is your business, you've got people to pay and you've got to keep them calm you know and you know you've got so much responsibility there but just look at how you can potentially pivot your business exactly diversify and think which is what we've had to do with the trade show i mean we had been thinking a virtual version as well would be a good idea but it's now forced us into looking at that because we can't wait i think for ages for the venue to decide that that we can book that again so we need something sooner rather than later well i'm like you where i'm always like you know like you say go to the factories see them and stuff and i'm always like i need a face-to-face meeting and i need that because people buy people and um so true you know and this is you know this is a time when you're actually having to kind of show your personality fully on you know a a web device to kind of you know keep business going keep people employed and keep your community uh you know together basically so yeah i mean we are trying now to kind of provide you know we've got some a lot of our companies are small companies and I thank them so much because they're paying the bills of our staff, uh, you know, especially in this current climate. And um, but what we're trying to do now is we're currently trying to find ways to kind of give it for give this system for free in the, you know, during this you know this time period okay that's brilliant so i was going to ask that so if someone's listening to this and they want to sign up and use your system um how does that work what's the deal so we normally have a 30-day free trial and we also have a free plm for very small um very small uh, companies that are creating three products or less um so you know in in light of this, what I'm thinking is that, you know, we can extend that trial for the foreseeable future. You know, let's start with, instead of 30 days, let's start with three months and see what happens with the crisis going forward. I think now is a time for people to look at their processes, look at things and keep busy. Don't just stop and yeah, panic. Definitely. You know, find ways to keep busy. And do you know what? You might start using, it might not be Bombix, it might be something else. You might put all your product on and see it all online and go, actually, those two items are very similar and I'm noticing now why one's not getting a sale or this and that. And you can diversify your products range. It might be a time to really start, you know, opening your eyes to your product because sometimes you're so busy. Uh, yeah, you're inside the, in the weeds and you're not actually looking out and seeing what the big picture is. And I th- yeah, I agree. I think at the, at the moment people are going to be a good place to be able to step back a bit and take a look at how everything is working and how can they make it better going forward. So thank you very much, Lucy. I think the system you've got here is brilliant. And I can see how it would be of real value to a lot of the people that um, contact us at Make It British. So how do people um, find you? If they want to start using the system, where where do they find Bombix? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I think it's really great that, you know, again, small businesses are kind of joining together to help the, you know, the, the community and the industry as a whole. So it's, it's great to kind of be connected to you for the first time ever, really. Um, but yeah, so what, where people can find us is we've got a website called bombixplm.com. You can find me, my private 
private account on LinkedIn and Instagram, uh, which is Lucy Blackley. And uh, then you've got Bombix PLM for Twitter, Instagram, Google My Business, um, as I said, uh, Facebook, uh, <laughs> all the channels, basically. <laughs> Just typing Bombix PLM or my name or whatever, and I'm sure you'll find me. But yeah, you know, if we, if we can put a link somewhere on, on your website and stuff, we can kind of put that stuff on later. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.